I want to start off with a couple of jokes, because I love to start with corny jokes. I might wake up in the morning and go for a jog, and I also might win the lottery. The odds are about the same. <laughs> I accidentally went to the grocery store shopping on empty stomach. Has anybody ever done that before? I am now the proud owner of aisle four. Common sense is a flower that doesn't grow in everyone's garden. Just a statement. <laughs> Two more. Being cremated is the last hope of having a smoking hot body. <laughs> Sorry. Is that good? Yeah, take that with you. You got to listen up to this one. Um, what is E.T. short for? Well, his little legs don't help. <laughs> That's the best one I've ever said. I mean, that goes, yeah. Look at E.T. He's, he's, never mind. He's short. He's short for. Why is he short? He's got little legs. Get it? I mean, I laughed out loud when Google told me that. If you guys got a Bible, turn to Psalms 139. We're going to read Psalms 139.1. And um, we're starting a brand new series called Child of Love. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> we're uh, doing this new series called Child of Love. And what I would love to invite you in, did you guys like that song? Have you ever heard that song? Isn't that fun? That we are children of love. And so it's going to be a four-week series. We were going to come right out of our last series of Nehemiah and jump right into Acts. And then I was really praying about doing this series on Tuesday nights, and I invited our board to pray about it. And our board said um, it would be really good if we just did it on a Sunday morning, and then we're going to be in Acts for the rest of the year after this. So it's going to be pretty intense, but I think we have to have an identity of who God calls us before we start reading Acts, which is like all the amazing stuff that the church does. Okay, so we have our identity set in Christ, and then we will jump into what the church does and how the church functions and our different giftings and, and those types of things. So uh, this is the very first week of a four-week series, and I invite you guys to invite everyone you know. Like, we make these Facebook posts, we, we do all these events and stuff, and that I, I appreciate that, like, I'm going to that. But those are really for you to just share with the rest of the world that they can come to it also. You know what I mean? So I just invite you, this is such an easy series. We all need an identity in Christ. Everybody is searching for it. Come on. Like, let's invite anybody and everybody we know. We all need a new identity, right? We're having an identity crisis. Psalms 139, it says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You have searched me and you know me. God knows you this morning. He, he knows you intimately. He knows the deepest things on your heart, the passions, the desires. He knows the prayers that you've prayed, the prayers that have been answered, and yes, and the prayers that are he's still waiting on answering. God knows you. How good is it to be known? In our entire life, we are searching for somebody to know us, 
to know who we are. It says, you search me, Lord, and you know me. God knows me. He knows you. We're going to talk about that some more. We just got done with reading through Jeremiah, which is a man who was called by God, who gave a presentation to a group of people for 42 years with zero results. Zero results of people turning their lives around, zero results of anybody making any changes whatsoever, and he still kept going. And the reason was is because he was called by God, because God knew him, so he had the strength to keep going on and on. And then we just finished with the book of Nehemiah. This is how we started our year off, Jeremiah the Nehemiah. And Nehemiah is also called by God to go back to Jerusalem, to reestablish the wall, but also to bring God's people back together. And he deals with opposition after opposition, so much trial, so much uh, heartache, and then (laughs) he finally gets everybody back together, and then he leaves town, and they go back to chaos and living exactly the way, and then he has to come back. And the reason that he was able to do that is because God knew Nehemiah, and God called Nehemiah. He put it on Nehemiah's heart to reach that people, those people. God knows you. And this is the identity that we can live with, that God knows us. When I was praying about this series, I got a very vivid picture, which doesn't really happen that often. But have you ever seen, can you put up the second slide? Have you ever seen this before? That, that picture, it's on a lot of books, right? If you're a Palmer student, yes, you've seen it. If you're a nursing grad, yeah, okay. So you've seen this. And so what I saw was this, this picture with the circle around them, but then there were arrows pointing in to the person, and there were arrows pointing out. And then there was a big arrow coming from the heavens pointing in. And then there were arrows pointing in and out as the big arrow came. And so the way that I saw that, that there were arrows pointing in, meaning sometimes in our identity, if it's not based off of Christ and our identity in Christ, what happens is we are arrows pointing in. I kind of see this as two different types of personalities that that we deal with. And the arrows pointing in means we're constantly looking for affirmation from everybody else. If our identity is not in Christ, if God hasn't called you, if you don't know God as your Lord and Savior and he speaks into your life, you're constantly looking for everybody else to affirm your life. And what happens is like you're just, you, you just constantly need that. And so what that looks like is it looks like relationship after relationship. Can I be honest with you? It looks like church after church. Because like, oh, they don't notice me anymore. What's going on? And these arrows that are pointing in, we just need this affirmation. So this is how I saw this, is the identity of arrows pointing in. And then the other one was arrows pointing out. And this, the arrows pointing out is a person who normally pushes the conversation to somebody else. So like you get your identity through being a helper of someone else. Like if people need you enough, then you finally have your identity. Oh, yes, they called me. Well, what happens is people kind of grow up and they stop needing you and then you move on to the next person and then you move on to the next person, right? And you get that affirmation like, oh, I couldn't do this without you. I know you couldn't. (laughs) 
that's why I'm here. <laughs> you know, that, that, that constant, I need your affirmation, I'm here to support you, and as I'm here to support you, you're going to succeed, and you're only succeeding because of me. And so, like, you need to tell me how great I am <laughs> here and there, but um, I'm here to support you. You're going to, you're going to succeed because I'm on your team. So these are two, two different arrows uh, that I saw. Also, with the arrows pointing out, one thing, um, somebody who has, like, all their identity and arrows pointing out will, will know intimate, intimate details about your life, but you won't even know their middle name. Because, like, they always push the conversation to you. Like, never really opening up for themselves and sharing their heart. And, but, you know, so they know all the things about you, but you don't even know them at all. This is kind of, these are two, two types of personalities. So then, finally, what I saw was an arrow from heaven where identity comes from Christ, from who God says that we are. And then these arrows are like beautiful, healthy relationships where we can have people supporting us, but we can also support others, where we can lead the charge in things because we're doing it out of identity in Christ. And like, it's okay to, you know, you draw some attention to yourself when you lead things, right? And then you also are able to support others' dreams and, and be there for people as our identities in Christ. We're not receiving our identity from affirmation of people looking to us, we're actually receiving our affirmation from God calling us and being who Jesus has called us to be. So it's just like this beautiful picture that I got from the Lord. And so one thing that I'd love to start with today is the arrows in. You guys ready to start this adventure? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Does this hit home with anybody in the room? Okay, one. One person, two people. Good. Cool. Well, that's good enough. So arrows in, I'd like to call the needer. The needer. Is that a word? I don't know. It's an approval addiction. Can, <laughs> does anybody know what's the highest likes you've ever got for a picture? Go ahead, shout it out. What's the highest likes that you've ever received on a picture? 20, good. Okay, great. <laughs> We're ran off of this addiction of likes and approve of this, and we run off of this. Approval addiction. Living from one person's words to another person's words. This is something I personally struggle with so much, to find and seek the approval of other people. As I've been following Jesus, it's been 20 years of trying not to seek everybody else's approval and actually seeking God's approval. There's a lot of fear and rejection when it comes to this, the neater. And so I'd like to just give you a really quick survey. Do you avoid certain people? If you sense someone might reject you, do you become nervous and anxious? Do you find yourself being ultra critical of others? 
Do you find yourself trying to impress everyone around you with your amazing jokes? <laughs> so that's just a nice little quick survey, you know, that figure out, does this, does this kind of fit my category? What I'd love to do is look at four people in the Bible and see how they were able to work through this, not seeking the approval of others, but actually following the identity that God had given them. We'll start with Moses. Moses was an abandoned baby that floated down the river. When he ended up in Egypt, God called him to free the Israelites. The only problem was is he was supposed to go head to head with Pharaoh. And the issue is, is Moses stuttered a lot and wasn't able to put sentences together. And you're supposed to be the voice of the Israelites? Is he going to get a lot of approval from people? We're behind you, Moses. Actually, they weren't at all. Even the people who he was freeing weren't behind him. Let's look at David. David became king, right? We know that about him. He defeated Goliath, this big, gigantic dude. David did that. He lived a life after God's own heart. Love that about David. He was a man after God's own heart. But the story didn't start with David receiving a bunch of affirmation from people around him. His own father left him in the field when Samuel came to his house to pick out the next king. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that men in the room, ladies in the room. Your dad leaves you in the field to work while someone's here to pick out the next king. You're out in the field working. His own dad doesn't even see the worth in him. His own dad doesn't affirm of him to to be the next king. He goes to his brothers to bring grain and rice, and he's like, who's this dude over here talking a bunch of stuff? Like, I could take care of this. And his brother's like, David, just go home. His brothers don't support him. He didn't get any affirmation from anyone around him. Then we have Paul. Paul in the New Testament, Paul's used to be called Saul, right? He went from town to town, shutting down people that would talk about Jesus, even killing Christians in the name of Jesus, in the name of God. But God called Saul and changed his name to Paul. And he spoke to Paul that he was going to establish the church. So you would think that the disciples would be like, oh, cool, Paul has changed his life around. What did the disciples do three years ago? They were fishermen and tax collectors, right? These are the people that followed Jesus. Paul changes his life around. The disciples reject him. He didn't even get the affirmation and and the support of the disciples, the other people that were on his team. He had to deal with that. Lastly, we have Jesus. Jesus is God's own son, comes from heaven to earth. You get to spend time with Jesus Christ. Instead of people just enjoying the time with Jesus, they rejected him. They pushed him away. The Pharisees said heinous things about him. If Jesus were to walk the earth today, he would be on CNN and Fox News and all social platforms talking about how horrible of a person he was. 
Jesus didn't have the affirmation of everybody around him. I mean, think of what Judas did. Completely rejects him, turns his back on him. These are four people that I would like to say were able to push on and move on without the affirmation of everybody else around them. As you can see, if the Bible was full of people that needed other people's affirmation, it would be the most boring book on the shelf. It'd be sitting on the shelf. It wouldn't be the number one seller. And then they came alongside and everybody liked me and we moved on and yeah, and I got their approval on stuff and we kept going. Like That's not the Bible at all, is it? It's like pushing on because of your identity in Christ, even though other people around you don't see it. Yeah. <laughs> so Moses, God spoke to him through a burning bush. He called him. He said, don't worry about what to say. Say what I'm saying through this bush. Look, Moses Here's the thing, if I can use a bush <laughs> to speak to you, I'm gonna be able to use you. You don't need other people's affirmation. You, you don't need other people's opinion on whether or not you're gonna be a great speaker or not. I'm speaking to you through a bush. A lot of people thought Moses was burning some bush. But, sorry. I couldn't. Then we have David, Samuel comes to his house, actually calls David out of the field. That's the next king. The Lord used Samuel, even though his family didn't see his worth. His whole family didn't see him as a king. Are you serious? You talking about the, the kid out there that's taking care of the sheep? He's gonna be our king? But Samuel called it out in him. God used Samuel to call it out, you're gonna be our next king. Let's anoint this guy. There he is. We have Paul who gets blinded by th for three days and God in his time of not being able to see rewrites the vision for Paul's life. It took Paul being blinded, <laughs> took him being blind to actually receive the vision that God had for his life. As the war starts off in Paul's life to actually receive people's affirmation, as the disciples kind of push Paul away, Paul comes back to the realization, it's not me that, that's moving this forward. It's not me that's making these things happen. It's actually Christ within me, which is one of my favorite verses. I'm crucified with Christ as nevertheless that I live, but it's Christ who lives within me. And yet not I but Christ lives within me. In this life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and he gave himself for me. As Paul's war came back of like shame and guilt of all the things that he had done, Jesus is the reason that Paul was able to move the church forward. He didn't need everybody else around him and he'd come back to that war within him. Man, I've really made a mess of things, but it's Christ who lives within me. So I can keep going, I can keep pursuing God, I can keep moving the church forward, I can continue doing great things in the kingdom of God. Not me, but Christ lives within me. 
And lastly, Jesus. Guys, Jesus received his vision and direction from the Holy Spirit and the Father. He, <laughs> Jesus would get up in the morning and go and get away with the Father. It wasn't because Jesus was an early riser or he needed to go for a run or go to the gym. It was simply because Jesus needed to connect to the Father to remember, this is what I'm doing, the Father's direction. Oh, Father, guide me in this. Father, lead me in this. It's so funny to me that we think that we can just do life alone when Jesus Christ, the Son of God, needed to connect with the Father. Amen. And we're like, I don't have time for that. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> we all do. The Father wants to connect with us. We need to remember who we are because we're being told all day long who you are. And you have to have that time with the Father. Jesus had to connect with the Father. I definitely have to connect with the Father. I forget who I am. I forget whose I am. I forget the price that was paid for my life. I'm already loved, I'm already chosen, I know who I am, and that's enough. You are already loved, you are already chosen, you know who you are, and that's enough. No matter what people have said to you in your past, you are already loved, you are already chosen, you know who you are, and that's enough. Man's words become static when our relationship with God is strong. It's just like trying to tune in that radio and you have a... That's what man's words become. We're not constantly seeking approval of everybody else and everybody telling us that we're doing a great job. We don't need that when our relationship with God is strong. It's nice to hear, but we don't need it. We're not the needers anymore. Our identities in Christ. So I'm gonna give you two practical ways to just continue this. Whether uh, this is you today and maybe next week will actually be the arrows pointing out. We're, we're constantly supporting and that's how we receive our identity. So we're gonna talk about that. But this week we're talking about the arrows pointing in. I'm gonna give you two really practical ways that you can remember this in your day-to-day -day life. Daily time with dad. Daily time with your dad. That means waking up in the morning. And here's a really great question I love to ask the Father is, God, how do you see me today? Well, I saw what you did last night. <laughs> That's me talking. That's not your father. I thought you're only going to have two pieces of Papa John's. <laughs> Look more like a whole pizza. That's not the Father. Father, how do you see me today? What do you see in me? What do you see for my day today? We won't seek the approval of everybody else when we have our identity in God. We don't need everybody else's approval. We can live directly from that. 
How do you see me? What are your words for me today? That's a great one because Jesus said that he promises us to bring us bread daily. And that word bread is word. They help supply bread in our life, words, substance, something to sustain us. So God's word is alive and living, and it speaks directly to our heart, and we're looking everywhere else for it. And God's like, I got words for you. I got things I want to talk to you about. I, I love you. I love our time together. And he's so consistent in that. Like, he's just going to bring a word. He's going to bring a word. It's just going to touch your heart. It might be one word. It might be a passage. He always wants to speak to us daily. Give us our daily bread. It's daily. Hmm. I can start to tell, I'm going to just be really honest with you guys. I can start to tell when I've went a week without God's daily bread because I'm looking for it from somebody else. You don't even see the stuff I do for you. You know, you're looking for somebody else to approve that in you. You're doing a great job. Thanks. (laughs) This is why I'm saying it's daily, guys. It's daily. Set a timer on your your phone and daily. Five minutes, 10 minutes. Turn it into an hour. Daily. The second thing is to read his word. In this series, what I'd love for you to do is a passage that really helped me in my personal identity is Psalms 139, to read his word daily, to put it, I mean, a lot of us have smartphones, you can just actually just type it in the Bible, and you can have it read to you, but to daily read Psalms 139, read a portion of it, read the whole thing, read a little portion of it, do whatever you want, just read his word daily. And listen to how God has put you together, how much he knows you. Man, he knows you so well. And he wants to speak to you. So daily time with your dad and daily time in his word. As you apply these things, you will not look for affirmation from other people because you are being affirmed from God. So what I'd love to do is to do a quick application. Let's put this into practice. I'm going to go ahead and read Psalms 139, the message version of it. And here's what I'm going to invite you to do. I'm just going to invite you to close your eyes. You don't have to read along with me. I just want you to pick out some different words that the Lord's just speaking to you through this passage. It talks about how we were knitted together and got in, in our mother's womb, how much he knows us, how, how we can't get away from him. I just want you to hear from the Lord today. So there's a couple of things. Um, as you're listening, if you're not hearing something that's A, B, C, D, and E, then it probably wasn't God. And this is something that we teach in City Kids, right? This is, if you're not hearing something that is always building, always cheering, always drawing, where God's drawing you near, and always encouraging, If those aren't the words that you're hearing, as soon as I start to read the passage, you start to get hit with a bunch of guilt and condemnation of like things you did. Like that's not the Lord. That's the enemy trying to get your focus off of what God's word is, okay? So as you read the word, remember God is always drawing us near. He's encouraging us. It's not time for reprimanding us, (laughs) okay? You guys ready? Okay, let's do it. We'll just invite you to
just close your eyes. I'm just gonna go ahead and read this passage. This is Psalms 139. I invite you to do that this week. God, investigate my life. Get all the facts firsthand. I'm an open book to you, even from a distance. You know what I'm thinking. You know when I leave and when I get back, I'm never out of your sight. You know everything I'm going to say before I start the first sentence. I look behind me and you're there. Then up ahead and you're there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going. This is too much, it's too wonderful, I can't take it all in. Is there any place I can go to avoid your spirit? To be out of your sight? If I climb to the sky, you are there. If I go to the underground, you are there. If I flew on the morning wings in the far western horizon, you'd be there in a minute. You're always waiting. Then I said to myself, oh, that, I, oh, that even he would see me in the darkness. At night, at night, I'm immersed in your light. It's a fact. Darkness isn't dark to you. Night and day, darkness and light, they're the same to you. Oh, yes, you shape my, me in my inside and then out. You form me in my mother's womb. I thank you. Hi, God, you're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration what you created. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know how I was made bit by bit how it was sculpted together from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of life were spread out before you. The days of my life were all prepared before I even lived one. Your thoughts, how rare, how beautiful, God. I'll never comprehend them. If I couldn't ever begin to count them, any more than I could count the sand on the sea. Oh, let me rise in the morning and live always with you. And please, God, do away with the wickedness for good. And you murderers out there, all the men and women who belittle you, God, infatuated with cheap God imitations, see how I hate those who hate you, God, and see how I loathe those in all this godless arrogance. I hate it with pure, unadulterated hatred. Your enemies are my enemies. Investigate my life, oh God. Find out everything about me. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about and see for yourself whether I've done anything wrong and then guide me on the road to eternal life. Yes, Father, I just pray you just speak that over each and every one of your kids here this morning. Lord, that our identity would be wrapped up in who you say that we are, that we can come back to that identity, that we can take hold of that when, when trials and tribulations come our way, when 
when uh, we're not receiving our identity from other people, when we're not receiving affirmation from everybody around us, Lord, that our identity would be wrapped up in you, in who you say we are. We are called, we are chosen. We are your kids. Lord, I just invite you to just start healing some of those, uh, some of those areas that maybe we've put on our parents even in the past. Holy Spirit, I just invite you to start, start mending hearts in this room in different areas that maybe we've put on our parents to affirm us and to constantly encourage us and to tell us how great we are or the words that they just never spoke over us. And, and we just still hold on to that today. God, I just, I just invite you to um, start working on those areas. As we step into Psalms 139, as we read your word, Lord, you would start to mend those areas. I just thank you, Lord, that you are the best father that we could ever ask for. No matter what our earthly father has been on this, in this time, Lord, that, that we can always come to you. We can run to you with open arms, God, that you are such a good father to us. Yeah, I'm just reminded of the, the verse of seek and you will find. And so this week, I just feel like the Lord just wants to bless your time with him, like uh, in, in just new experiences with the Father, that as you seek him out, as you, as you open up the door, God finds us. Like right in the middle of whatever's going on in life, he finds us. Whatever time that we set aside and just say, God, I, I want to hear what your words are for me today. The Lord will bless that. He will bless that. Seek and you will find. You'll find what you're looking for. Seek after God and you will find what you're looking for. Somebody to know you, somebody to know the, the, the prayers on your heart, somebody to know the passions, somebody to know uh, the different ways that he's gifted you and what you should do with it. Seek and you will find. Seek him, and you're going to find out all the things that you need to know. Seek him first. Seek him daily. Put him at the, the number one priority list of people to be with this week. Seek, and you will find. Amen.